Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen, but to also act on what we hear. Today, I'm going to be your host. I'm Joshua Hyde, if you didn't know. And with me today in the actual studio are Anthony Arnold, the best writer of all time, and the venerable Professor X, along with our favorite he, him, Nick. How are you guys doing today? Feels good to be in the studio, man. Feels great. This is exciting. We haven't, the, well, I'll say Nick still is remote. I can't relate. Um, can't relate. <laughs> say, but the three of us have not been in a room, has not been in the studio together since 2019. Winter 2019. Winter 2019. So now the Three Musketeers, and Nick is the guy who wrote the book on the Three Musketeers. Yeah. So no, there's actually four Musketeers. There are right. actually four right. Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funny part. Common misnomer. Common misconception is the Three Musketeers is actually four. Look, no one told them to uh, do it that way. I remember being confused by that when I first read the book. I was like, oh, look, there's four. Say, look, French counting is weird. That's true. <laughs> Most people have eighty, you know, eight, you know, eight sets of ten, and they have four twenties. Four twenties. We have four twenty. Yeah, we do. Yes, but that's like a different number. <laughs> like they have four twenties oh. as a number. Oh. <laughs> so when they yeah, talk about getting go. talk yeah, about yeah. eighty, do they get high? I'm I'm just little. <laughs> I I you know I I don't I don't know if that number correlates means the same yeah, thing. Yeah. I don't know oh, if that's okay. a cult, like right. that culturally translates. Fr- and say if we have any French listeners or people in tune with French culture, hit us up. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Yeah, tell us how much <laughs> we suck in the comments. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> now all right, I invited like a very particular four. subset, and Josh is like, "Nah, let all the trolls in. Let's go." Absolutely, I am here for it. Internet culture. Let's go. All right, so let's go ahead and get started, Anthony. Yo, let's talk about the poll. Yeah. So, as always, our polls are on our social media pages every Friday. Uh, We like to uh, read your comments and interact with people in the comment section. So, please let us know uh, how you feel. The most recent poll was about crime and punishment and mental health. Susan's son, Matt, was killed. The person who committed the killing was his childhood friend who has a medical disorder that causes him to become disoriented, go into states of confusion, then sometimes act out violently. Although he can function normally, he has friends and even has a part-time job, Joe, the person responsible for the killing, can remain in this confused state for minutes to days without notice. And although medicated, his mental condition is not curable. For this reason, Joe has been institutionalized to the relief of his family. So then uh, the prosecutor in the case explains that due to the circumstances, the case could not be prosecuted in a way that the victim's family would like it to have been. So uh, the, the judge says, says, you know, we're not going to put someone in jail where they have a documented mental history. But for Susan, this is agony, saying, all we want is justice. My son was shot in the head, in the back of his head, by a person who premeditated and fantasized about murdering him. Where's our justice? The police did their job. They arrested him. But now we can't get any justice from the prosecutor because everybody's mentally ill now. So uh, our question was, should people with documented lifelong mental illness be punished for violent crimes? And if so, how? 
So I, I very specifically didn't respond to this. In fact, what, what often tends to happen nowadays because of the ways that these, like how kind of deep and meaty these polls tend to be, is that I, I have a, a separate group on Facebook that I'm in called Listening for a Change. And we basically like... I use uh, our polls every week as like fodder for like interesting discussion uh, because it's like a group of people that come from several different backgrounds and whatnot. And uh, this sparked a very interesting conversation about crime and punishment because uh, there were a large group of people that were like, well, if they're like legit mentally ill, like they agreed with the judge, like you can't be, um, you can't you know, treat that the same way as you would, you know, someone who was in, you know, the right mental state. Whereas a lot of other people were like, they still committed a crime, like being, you know, mentally unstable. doesn't stop you from the, uh, what was it they used? I think it was like the, the consequences of like the actions that you take, just like how people who like are abused who like end up doing abuse. That's not like excused yeah. just because, you know, they came from that situation. And so I kind of feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I, I think a lot of this is kind of hard to exactly nail down. I don't really think there's like a, a line that yeah. we should draw like a blank person with this blank illness. It can't be you know prosecuted as a criminal, but like other people can. Right. Um, I think it really just kind of goes on a case by case basis. And sometimes that means people like Susan are going to have to suffer. And sometimes I think we can you know, treat the people with the mental illness a bit more like a, a traditional case. But yeah, uh, I, I don't think there's like a, a direct answer or a good answer yeah. for this. Yeah. I feel like this is a lot of gray that only makes things worse. Right. All right. Alex. Um, so we used to have uh, an answer for this. So we used to have, um, you know, we used to have it, like institutions, um, and then for completely understandable reasons, we got rid of them because yep. they were a hotbed for abuse and uh, other and say and other travesties. I'll word it that way. Yeah. Um yeah. but Good word for it. Say, but they say they did exist for basically exactly this reason. Correct. Um and Again, we got rid of them for completely understandable reasons, but maybe that might have been a bit of an overreaction. Yeah, yeah, maybe we don't have anything to replace them. Right? Is it like so? What you know? Yeah. What do you replace them with? And then like, okay, well, we can hospitalize them. Right. But like, but those are like, but those are run by those aren't run like by public institutions. They're run by private institutions with no oversight. Right. And uh, you know, at that point. Like they're doing, they would be doing it for a profit. Absolutely. And um, that's also probably worse. We see Uh, how that's probably worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You see this, right? All right. And Nick. All right. So this is going to be a little nitpicky, but I'm confused exactly on the the outcome of the trial. Were they acquitted? There was no trial. Was it a plea of insanity? There was was no no trial. trial. Yeah. So. What? What? <laughs> Wait. So the, just, the, so the judge the basically... The judge just, without the, a trial, just said, I can't do this because they're mentally ill. No one had to prove there's no, anything. I don't think the prosecutor is moving forward with it. Yeah, the, let's say, the prosecutor, like, say, the presumably the prosecutor talks with the, right. let's say, with, like, the local judge, and between the, between, and 
between the two of them, and I and I presume and I say maybe even the D uh the um right. you'd have like a like a the, you'd have their defense attorney uh in the room, and just between the three of them, they're just like um we don't right. know. How, the, the legal system isn't equipped to handle this question. Correct. Right. If the prosecutor okay. doesn't want to make a certain charging decision, that's that's it. Okay. Because um, my my thought about it, because I remember watching this um, prosecutor refused to take it to trial. Okay. So I remember watching this video a while back where um, this, I don't remember any of the details. I think a kid tried, like, killed some people and then tried to pretend um, to be insane to get the plea of insanity and it was like real messed up. The only reason that's even remotely related is because I looked up, I was like trying to look up stuff about this because I don't know enough about legalese, you know, I right. just don't have that, that amount of information. Most people so try to look up. <laughs> yeah. So I was just trying to look up like how does mental illness work in court? How does the plea of sanity factor in blah, 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 blah. And one of the interesting things that came up is to, um, if this had gone to trial, one of the things that would have had to be proven for the mental illness thing to stick is that um, there was no intent to kill Matt, I think the name was. Yeah. Um, but Susan says there's a lot of documented intent. Um, and the question I think that for me is like, was the intent there um, during the episodes or was the intent there during Joe's everyday life? The only reason I feel like this is, this is, this is relevant, um, is because I think as far as Susan is concerned, it does, it is really awful that you lost the child and then the government and the, not the government, the judicial system just goes, uh, we don't know what to do. Yeah. So we just won't do anything. And that's part of the problem is that there there is no good recourse for Susan. Right. No. And I think that what you're saying, and, and Francine asked in the chat, like, how can Susan get justice? And I think, Josh, you mentioned your Facebook group. The We have not decided who the justice system is for in part because it's there are multiple parties who we want it to be for. We want it to be in part for, like, the, the victims or the families of the victims. We want them to get a sense of closure through the justice system, but we also want to move towards a justice system that is less cruel. One that is, you know, looks at people with mental illness or people with extenuating circumstances and doesn't toss them in prison and sort of bury them for the rest of their lives. But those things are in real tension sometimes. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at this question and looked at this circumstance, I think it's one thing when you talk about crimes that we consider victimless crimes, the crime of murder. I feel, I mean, there does, I think, I think there does have to be a consequence. Now, as Alex mentioned, the consequence used to be the state would put you in a place that wasn't a prison. That was the consequence. That is a consequence. You know, you do lose access to freedoms when you are institutionalized. It's not as if you're able to live your necessarily fullest, freest life. That is a punishment. And it is a punishment appropriate for your circumstance. But now we don't have that, as you mentioned, Alex. And so now what? Someone murders somebody and they're just supposed to be allowed to be free? That that actually is like untenable. Even if they have a mental illness, you can never accept. Like victims can never accept. My son was murdered. Yeah. And the person who did it 
is just walking around because the state said we're not going to charge them with a crime. And we know they did it. There's not even a question of if they did the thing. We know they did it. That That's actually not really an acceptable thing. So in this circumstance, yeah, I mean, if we insist on not having places to put people like this, they're going to end up in prison. And if people don't like that, then they should advocate for the return of like state mental health facilities or some other alternative. <laughs> but they can't have nothing. You can't have no punishment for murder and also, you know, like that's not going to work. Well, yeah. Um, it hasn't been. Not, <laughs> right. Right. That's like, and it doesn't just like, and it doesn't just not work for the, like the, the victims. Correct. It's not, it doesn't not work for the, like the perpetrator exactly. either. Right. Because what are you saying? Are they, are they going to be under like, under, surveillance. um, so say under, it's like under surveillance, under protective order right. for the rest of their lives. Right. That's, that's right. not, that's not tenable. And the question, depending on Joe's mental illness, like, Joe needs help, obviously, more than he was probably being provided with. Um, and now he has the additional burden of having killed somebody. And depending on his level of mental illness, he may or may not be aware of that the rest of his life. Uh, he's going to need more help going forward because he sure. shot and killed somebody. Um, and so no one's going to get what they want here. I'll say, I mean, also, we probably have to consider, say, the... Like they they say, they say they said they were friends, right? Yeah, childhood yeah. friends. I was gonna yeah. bring that up. So, um, uh, maybe my I say while they're I say while they're I say I don't sorry. This is pure speculation. I want to be like yeah. you know very uh, upfront. But like I know that if I accidentally kill or accidentally accidentally on purpose, you know, like yeah. however you want to word this, um, uh, killed like one of my best friends, I would uh I'd probably contemplate suicide too. Yes, and. Again, that's not helpful for anyone. No, no. Again, this touches on a lot of stuff we're 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 seeing. Uh, a lot of stuff we're seeing, which is we're having these advanced. We're trying to have better conversations about mental illness, but we are really struggling to grapple with the fact that some kinds of mental illness can make people more dangerous. And you can't just say, "Well, they're just having an alternate way of living." Well. That, that you can't actually say that with all like that's not true in all cases if a person for days on end is like delusional but you, you actually have to do something you can't just actually. let them be delusional and have no idea what they're doing for like two three days on end <laughs> um, I, especially I fully understand like murder right I fully understand the idea that like it's hard to prosecute somebody with that yep. if they don't have the ability to like control themselves but the, the follow-up thought that I have to that is, well, then, like you guys have been talking about, what do you do? Like, if we don't have the mental health institutions anymore, or the, the I don't, that's not what they were called, but you get what I'm saying. If you yeah. don't have the um, institutionalizations anymore, what do you do to prevent the person from doing it again? Like, where, what can we do? Right. Uh, like, the, they were talking about the surveillance, and like, what, that, that obviously doesn't work, basically, you know? And so it's like, Regardless if they had the intent or the ability or the consciousness to do it, um, it might happen again. And it's not a situation of, well, we should just wait and see because it's literally murder. Correct. Well, the only other recourse and, that currently exists is just jail. And we know that that's right. not really a good option yeah. either. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of ironically like 
with more media coming out with mental health stuff that's like not super well known to the public, this this concept um, reminds me tangentially of like Joker and Moon Knight. Like it's not exactly the same, obviously, but the the killing people in either high stress or delusional situations that you're not fully conscious of. And right. like, how do you deal with that? Right. No, those are actually good. That, that'd be a whole separate conversation about oh, real. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I know. I'm just well, it is a good point though. Like, it is a good point. Cause I mean, those are, you know, they're, they're making like, they're making a joke or two. I'm sure you guys have seen this and, and it is sort of a weird thing because like there is this, well, he's a mentally ill person and we want to view him in a vaguely anti-heroic way like the Aquin Phoenix one, but you're like, but Joker is a monster. <laughs> Have you checked his resume? <laughs> like, look at the things he's done. What? <laughs> See, uh, uh, but he hasn't done them yet. <laughs> he hasn't done them. He hasn't done yet. them yet. Right. So but we know saying, he will. <laughs> but we know he will. Right. Unless you're completely changing his, his character. And it is this. And you know, yeah, you, you want to view things in a different light, which you're like, well, maybe we were a little confused on how we should view some of these things. Um, but, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a wrap on it so we can move <laughs> on or else we'll end up talking about Joker and Moon Knight. Um, very true. So very as true. I said, our, our polls come out every Friday on our social media pages. Check them out. Interact with us in the comment section. Um, like I said, we love we love to interact and see what you guys have to say. So with that, Josh. All right. You're passing it back to me. I'm yes, going to pass the ball again. Professor X, take us to school. Oh. So uh, you guys know what happened on Thursday. No. Oh. No, what? <laughs> I have no idea. Go ahead. Uh, we had the uh, we had the first of many to come of uh, the January sixth uh, commission reports. Yes, we did. Yep. And per Wait, Nielsen, is, sorry, go ahead, Nick. What does that mean? Um. So. Uh. All right. Um. <laughs> hold on, hold on to that. I'm gonna give some more okay, just numbers, right, right, and then yeah. we'll we'll circle around. So per Nielsen, right. uh, if anyone's familiar, everyone familiar with Nielsen, they yeah. they do the they try to estimate how much people are watching across all the various networks and who those people are. Like they're the people who like uh, who are responsible for the you know the, the Nielsen rating. Like what yeah. let's say yeah. what shows are okay. So uh, they estimate. 20 million people tuned in to watch the first um the say the, the first of these hearings. I believe that. Um so ABC had the most at about 4.9, NBC had 4.2, NBC yeah. 3.6, CBS 3.7, CNN 2.6, Fox Business Network, <laughs> which is not Fox News cuz Fox News refused to air it because they um because Fox News. Because yeah. Fox News. Yeah, that's a whole other episode that we'll get to someday. Uh, um, let's say we don't. Uh, so Fox Business Network <laughs> had 223,000. Wow. CSNBC had 158. Newsmax had 137. And News Nation had 125. Who are these people? I, I don't even. <laughs> so, you know, estimated 20 million. But does that count online stuff? Like streaming? So I'm happy you asked. Um <laughs> So that inc- that does not include people who watched on um, PBS, yeah. C-SPAN, or online. Yeah. So That's this is just people online. who... That was just TV. That was yeah. just TV. Oh, my God. I watched a PBS stream. Yes. Um, as did I, actually. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, like, just like to put that in um, uh, perspective, uh, the first day of the Trump impeachment trial had about 11 million viewers. Really? Um, the uh, uh, FBI director James Comey had about 19.5. Uh, the Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh drew 20.4. What? Yeah. And um, uh, here's the kicker. The uh, in first two games of the NBA Finals, 11 and 12 million. They've been bad games. That's understandable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> All right. But <laughs> Side note. Fair, fair. Blowouts suck. <laughs> yes, they do. They're not but, fun for uh, anybody. That's interesting. Okay, so it was really so it was really well watched then. Yes, yes, good, great. Uh, uh, yeah, agreed. Um, so Nick, are are, are you, you you? Okay, um, so uh, this was a um, so this was it started at eight. It went from eight to ten p.m. U.S. East Coast time. Yep. And uh, it was led by so um, it was led by uh, Representative Benny Thompson. He was a Democrat from Missouri. You know, I don't know where, what state he's from, actually. Um, I'll all right, I'll get that in a second. And then, um, and then Representative Liz Cheney, who's a Republican from Wyoming. Yeah. So uh, they kind of led, um, the uh, say the let's say they they led the hearing. They led the hearing. Yeah. Um. Uh, so uh, Benny Thompson um, talked about uh, had a sh- had a clip of uh, William Barr um, saying that he you know that he clashed with the president um, what's say with President Trump saying you know in his claims of widespread election fraud and then um, uh, Liz Cheney um, the, as I then went into the events um, the, the large scale the events of January sixth. Uh, including that um, Mr. Trump is not the person who called the military to defend the U.S. Capitol. It was Vice President Mike Pence. Yes. That was one hell of a reveal. Yep. From the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, uh, if anybody's curious. So this was the the current highest-rated military official and still the Biden administration as well. So as Biden would say, he's a big, a big fucking deal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I say, and then uh, all, I think we also actually. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna do a weird thing here. I'm gonna turn it over. Uh, did you say? So you also watched it, Anthony? Oh yeah. Um, were there other any other big reveals that you uh, that like really <laughs> stuck out to you? <laughs> when they said uh, the the rioters were chanting "Hang Mike Pence," and the reveal was when Donald Trump heard about it, he was like, "Maybe they have the right idea." Maybe they have the right bro. He's your vice president. Whoa, bro, my dude. Bro. What? <laughs> maybe he's maybe outlived his usefulness. There. Right, right. Maybe they're onto something with the whole hang my vice president. That, that feels like another very good people on both sides. Comment. Right, right. When I heard that, and, and I know in the room you could sort of sense that, like they were shocked by this reveal. They're like, "Wait, what?" Like, yeah, yeah. This dude was like, "I don't know. Maybe, maybe they should hang him." Sounds good. He's not going to throw me the election. So, what, what, like you said, Alex, he's outlived his usefulness. What do I need him for? Now, you know, uh, I don't think anyone had had, had probably told him. Uh, it was, no one tells Trump anything, so never mind. But, yeah, no, that was a big, that was a big shocking. 
Anyway, we'll get sidetracked if I go on my full thoughts on, on him. But um, that was a huge sort of shocking thing was just how callous combined with the fact that he didn't call the National Guard, right? It really confirmed what I think everyone knew, which is that he was not going to ever do anything. He was happy with what was happening, and his plan was to let them, I guess, successfully storm the building. And uh, I was mistaken. Mississippi. Benny Thompson ah. is from Mississippi. Ah, there you go. So I guess... Um, that was a huge one. You know, the, the footage of the attack itself, I hope if people just watch one thing and really you should watch it all, but if you just watch one thing, you should watch the footage of the attack because I think when you see it from the first person perspective, cause a lot of it was from the helmet cams of the officers there. And it really does sort of drive home like they were fist fighting. Like yeah. these were fist fights. Yes. This was just brawling flat out in the rotunda. It was it like, was one hundred percent like a siege. It was just tense. a melee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a siege. And it was just a flat out melee. It was just a flat out brawl, like fist to cuffs in the in, in in the hallways, fist to cuffs on the grounds of the Capitol. Like that's what this was. Anyone out there who tries to tell you that this wasn't a riot or that this was a protest, uh, they're full of shit. They're like lying. If, if they had swords and armor, this would have been like yeah. a named excursion. Exactly. In some exactly. war. People are lying. They're 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 trying to cover up. They're trying to make themselves feel better because they support the politics of the people involved. But this was a flat out riot. And had it not been, Alex, you and I talked for the patriotism of a few good people. Like yeah, they well, would have killed everybody in that building probably. As I said, oh you know, over you know. It would have been a coup. It, it would have been, been a successful been, coup. He yeah. would have somehow cooed himself. Yes. <laughs> which is what I still don't. Can you coup yourself? He was still president. Yeah. Is it a coup? Is you're it, in power? Um, yes, because you're still, you say, it, um, <laughs> you're overthrowing the other say, Yeah, you say, you're, yeah, you're removing all, okay, the, like, all the right. other government institutions. Yeah. Like, no. It would still be, you know, it's still a coup when the military, like, when the military overthrows right. Congress, like, that would still be a right. coup. Yeah, so that stuff was shocking. The reveal that he had met with four of the people, like Sidney Powell and some of these other trash people, that he met with them in mid-December and then tweeted out, like, December 20th, like, January 6th is going to be really wild. Oh, is it? Is it, Donald? Yeah. Will it be wild? Huh. Now say, now we know. Say the um, I, also, I thought the finding out that they were in connection with the Proud Boys who were canvassing the area on January yeah. 5th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, As part of an organized effort. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, there was a lot there. And then, Alex, I know, and as you and I talked, and I don't want to make this this segment drag on too long, but I know you and I had sort of discussed at the end of this, if you listen to Liz Cheney, it is clear she thinks the president broke the law. Like, that's what Liz Cheney clearly thinks. And it seems clear that they are, they are going to, I mean, a lot of these people are lawyers and they are going to handle this as prosecutors. They are prosecuting a case that the president, and they are trying to show that the president broke the law, that he conspired with these people. And that's when we're going to get stuff like John Eastman, his lawyer, who had an actual legal plan to carry out this coup. And the question you and I came to is, does this have to end in criminal charges against Donald Trump? 
Clearly, the committee seems to think it should. <laughs> yep. That's a good question. <laughs> should and, it? Uh, should it? And then what? Well, let's say, uh, and say, and is it is it worse? And say, is it worse to have to go down that road, or to be worse to not? Yep, that was a discussion Alex and I had for Josh and Nick. We had a discussion where I said, if given what Trump did after the election, given what he did between the moment he lost and January sixth, given what he has continued to do, if he is on the ballot, it is a failure. His yes. action should disqualify him from being on the ballot anywhere in this country yes, ever again. For sure. He is on or the anything. ballot for president. It's a failure of democracy. Yes. So Agreed. do you have to charge him with the crime to keep him off the ballot? Well, if, if, if that's what we apparently have to do, then yes. My answer is wholeheartedly, vehemently, yes. Yeah. Please. Please do whatever is necessary to keep this man out of politics. Which would lead us back to uh, our, our favorite discussion, Anthony. Uh, how do you prosecute? A, how do you prosecute a former president? How do you how do you build that jury? Yeah. How do you find nine people who don't have uh, right. strong feelings about, I, about I don't, the I don't former you, president? I don't think you do. And find them from a different country at best. Uh, you think there's nine people in other countries who don't have? Their <laughs> <laughs> I said at best. I said at best. Yes, we're gonna go to the Isle of Man. And we're gonna right. just we're gonna kidnap <laughs> nine people, just like from the you know, say, and then uh, we're just be like, you, uh, we have a lot to catch you up on, right? We got a lot it to is. catch you up on. I mean, Don't it, worry, you'll you'll hear it all. I mean, it is a good question though. How do you find a jury who's not uh, obviously biased? How do you find a judge? As we mentioned a few weeks ago, a judge in Wisconsin was assassinated. A retired judge. A few days ago, a person showed up at Brett Kavanaugh's house in the middle of the night with zip ties and a Glock. Oh. Uh, yeah, at 1.30 in the morning, he Hello. showed up to Brett Kavanaugh's house with zip ties and a Glock. Oh. Uh, and burglary well, tools. Fellas, well, we're thinking too hard. We're thinking too hard about this. The so, Amish, like, they don't have TV. That's true. Uh, the, the Amish. Amish. All right. The Amish could do it. Because everybody know, everyone knows a jury, and I say a jury of Donald Trump's peers would consist of nine Amish people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, I mean, how do you find a judge? Like, imagine being the judge. As I mentioned, Alex, this judge would have to be in witness protection probably. For, for a while. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. For, for like, because for forever. The, the backlash of that. The prosecutor. If, yeah. You have to go in with sec. You're going to need Secret Service protection forever, you and your family. Like The defense attorney. The city that the court, the kid, the city that the case is in has to be shut down for months just completely. You're going to have Secret Service snipers posted. Donald Trump still gets a Secret Service detail. Which means like, yeah, he's former president. Former president, yeah. That's the thing for every president. Yeah. Yes. They also, like, and say also, you pay for their health insurance. They get health care and secure service. So, oh, I was not aware of that. One day we'll have a conversation here about if he if 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 he went to jail, does he get secure service protection in jail? <laughs> I just curious how. I, I have some very serious questions. <laughs> I, I just. Okay. Yes. Anyway, uh, let, let's let's go ahead and move on because uh, we we could be this could be a whole episode on its own talking about that that could be an, an interesting America what if right right <laughs> that, we want, that we that we go through later be the only prisoner with private healthcare <laughs> and it's no secret service detail escorting him to the shower. Say, Say, pri say private guards of the showers. Say private healthcare. What are you talking about? You get healthcare through your employer. So the only prisoner with healthcare. True. The only fair. 
They're punked. That'd be great. So, um, one thing I want to go ahead and touch on before uh, this runs too long is uh, one of the things that we've seen, especially recently, are uh, a lot more news coverages of you know acts of gun violence. We see it all the time now. I mean, we we've been seeing it for a while, uh, but it feels a bit more. Uh, relevant than normal because it's getting a lot more press coverage than it has in the recent past. However, one of the things that we've also seen are several people who are uh, what I want to call blaming the gun violence on mental health. And so I want to kind of dig into that a little bit because I, while I do believe that the blaming of gun violence on mental health is unnecessary and a bit reductive if you ask me i think that there might actually be something there worth talking about and this is part of the reason why i wanted to go ahead and use that uh mental health poll because that that felt like a very interesting place to start because we don't really know how to handle mental health in this country really (laughs) um and so I just had a couple questions that I wanted to kind of post to you guys to see kind of what you think and if there really is something here regarding mental health that we need to address or maybe adjust for or if maybe we're focusing on the wrong problem, which I know we are, but that's not the point. Let's 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 uh, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and ask my questions. So uh, my first question, and this is kind of an open ended question to everybody. Do we believe that people who commit acts of violence, especially mass shootings, truly have a mental health issue or what role could mental health play into the likelihood of gun violence? I don't think that's a big one. If you want me to, I can go first. I really dislike the idea and that doesn't mean it's not true, but I really dislike the idea that like mental health, like the way it's presented with gun violence, you know what I mean? It's really set up very easily to go from this person has a mental health problem. So they shot these people. Um, so we should work on mental health. And that really easily goes into fuck people with mental, like mental illnesses. Yes, they should all go to prison. Like it devolves so quickly because it's, I feel like it's re- uh, like you said, reductive and looks at the wrong problem. Um, but I think it was Alex who shared the, 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 uh, the article on it that there is there does seem to be some correlation if not causation between a really bad isolated mental health state access to a gun and mass shootings yeah and if it's like, and it, yeah and so and if if you have that correlation and you can, and for political entirely political reasons, you can't lim- limit the access to guns. Then you have to solve mental health, cri- like solve a mental health crisis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really have a clincher to that sentence. So <laughs> next. <laughs> next. <laughs> <person>. <laughs> I. It, it's a hard question. Um, yeah. I. I mean. I, there's certainly is truth i mentioned earlier right like some kinds of mental illness can make a person more likely to behave aggressively and sort of in the throes of their illness they might behave in very violent ways i mean that is true um people will know i have an autistic daughter and like i have seen her at her worst behave in ways that are very violent um 
fortunately, it's not like a thing that happens frequently, but you know, if in the middle of like her worst, if we had a gun in the house, uh, that would be an explosively bad situation. That is the one of the primary reasons I do not have a gun in my house is because I have an autistic person living in my house who's like almost six feet tall. Uh, she's very tall. And I don't uh, think I knew that she's <laughs> extremely tall. She's very, she's just a large girl. And I'm like, there's nowhere I can conceivably hide it. That, you know what I mean? <laughs> that you won't be able to. Yeah. Like, like that she, you know, um, and that's just an irresponsible thing to do. You could put it in a safe or whatever, but whatever. It's just not a thing I feel comfortable keeping in my house. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think there's something to that. The, problem is that because we have defined mental health in this very slippery way where I autism is actually a good example of this the spectrum of autism covers a massive range of behaviors absolutely there are autistic people who are capable of living on their own and can have some kind of fulfilled life and there's people like my daughter who will never be able to live on her own and the symptoms that my daughter has at the far end of the spectrum are radically different than a high functioning autistic person. But these are all put under the same umbrella. So we have this really slippery slope where we go, well, everyone seems to have some degree of mental illness. I mean, yeah, we live in like a fallen society. I don't think any of us are really <laughs> mentally great in America. <laughs> we're all a little mad. Right. As Pre, it were. Pre-pandemic, we're all we were a in a fallen here. world. <laughs> right. Now we've had a pandemic and we're all feeling a bit off. Which is still going on, by the way. COVID is still real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I'm with Nick. I don't have a great capper. This is the thought. There you go. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's that's part of the problem is that like so, many, so much of this isn't really well defined. And right. so we're... I feel like mental health is now. Uh, let, let me let me kind of rephrase because there was a specific point that I wanted to make when I was when I was starting this. Um, there have been several different metrics used to create uh, the narrative of others in this country. It's yeah. happened several different times for several different reasons. It's seen most often due to aspects of race. Yeah, but. Uh, I feel like, especially with how prevalent gun violence is, uh, mental health is being used as a way to other these people in order to um, make it so that people don't really have to like grapple with the actual problem that creates the gun violence or even to deal with the real you know, problem of mental health that is, in fact, uh, widely spread here in America. We... Uh, as we have said earlier today, none of us are exactly doing well yeah. <laughs> in the mental department. And so I think the, in my mind, the, the main reason why it is, it has become so prevalent, the conversation regarding guns and mental health is specifically as a way to one other, these people who are creating these, these acts of violence, but more importantly to not have to deal with, the actual problem. If you just like push them to the side, they're just a thing that you can say, it's a thing over here. We deal with that. However we deal with it. The rest of us can just exist. Yep. And that's why that's, that, that's, that's kind of a, go ahead. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was sorry. It's yeah. customer well, service in me. <laughs> no, you go for it. Go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah. Your turn. I, I, I was just saying uh, that that in my mind is the reason why I find the conversation so problematic and reductive because it's not actually happening in any majorly productive way. Right. It's mostly just being used as a way to scapegoat. Yes. That's absolutely true. That's, how I, that's what I was. That's that's what I was trying to tack on with the slope. Is that it? Uh, that. That's that's the thing. It's an othering tactic that is being used instead of a genuine talk about mental health, which is a talk we also, fact, desperately need in this nation. <laughs> yeah. So, with that being said, uh, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliac Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go visit our website at pointcast.news, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on our Facebook page for more articles, uh, podcasts, and polls like we covered today. Thank you for joining me in the studio, guys. Thank you all at home for listening. We will see you next time. Josh and the crew out.